0: Uh, Tonight, the title of my message is Pride versus Humility. It is a war of the wills. As you know, I've been kind of examining this thing called humility and this thing called pride. You might call it the character of pride and the character of humility. We've talked a little bit about how both of these traits or spirits, I would call them, live on opposite sides of the spiritual spectrum. How they come from two different kingdoms and they live in two spirits different spiritual worlds, uh, we've learned how pride and humility are nothing alike. They don't exist, they shouldn't exist in the, in the same room. Uh, pride is of the devil, humility is of Christ. Pride is a perfect reflection of Lucifer, and humility is a perfect reflection of Jesus Christ. And I say that, I hope you grasp the depth of that. Pride is the perfect reflection of Lucifer, and humility is the perfect reflection of Jesus Christ. Amen. As we have learned, a Lucifer was cast down to earth, covered in pride. He rose up in pride. He brought himself before the Lord in pride. And he was cast down to the earth, covered in pride. While Jesus came to the earth... Covered in humility. And I want you to understand the difference, church. Lucifer was cast down and Jesus came down. Lucifer experienced the consequences of pride and he was cast down because he was covered in humility. And destruction was the consequence of that. While Jesus came down on his own merit, of his own accord, covered in humility. And blessing and honor and glory and praise was the consequence of that. So I say all that just to remind us that when we are covered in pride, guess what the consequence is? But when we're covered in humility, guess what the consequence is? I don't know about you, but I I would much rather be covered in humility so that I could experience the blessings of God rather than the, the wrath of God in my life. As you all know, as we've gone through this, we've not been called to be proud people. We have been called to be humble people. We've been called to be like Christ and not like Lucifer. And I'm not going to re-preach all of that. It's just a refresher to get us where we're going because I'm I'm hoping to finish up on this pride versus humility thing. And then I I believe I'm probably going to go into the Beatitudes uh, starting next week and a little bit of the Sermon on the Mount. But I want to finish up with this pride and humility tonight. As we've been told in Scripture, as we learned last week, we're to have the same attitude, the same spirit, the same character that Jesus had, the Bible says. And we've learned this. Who, even though He came in the form of God, came down from heaven in the form of God. He didn't count equality with God something to be grasped, but He humbled Himself. He made Himself nothing, and we are to do the same exact thing. James 4 tells us that we are to humble ourselves. It actually says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So I want us to understand that all of this that we're learning about humility is our personal responsibility. We can pray for God to make us humble and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But you and I must put humility on ourselves. When the spirit of God speaks to us and reveals to us his truth, we must wrap ourselves in that truth. And all of the things that we've learned as we're going through this pride and humility, guess what? It's my responsibility to take off pride. And it's my responsibility to put on the clothing of Jesus Christ, which is the the clothing of humility. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and the Lord will lift you up. And I, I say all that because if there were ever a time that we needed to be lifted up, it's today. If there were ever a time when our marriages needed to be lifted up, it's today. If there were ever a time where our children who are uh, living in the midst of a perverse and wicked generation and going to perverse and wicked schools that, that no longer have Christ in them, it's today. If there were ever a time where our minds and our spirits needed to be lifted up, it's today. Listen, if there were ever a time that our society... That our government, that Washington, D.C., if there were ever a time that our political leaders and the leaders of our country and our court systems needed to be lifted up, it's today. If there were ever a time that our, even our churches needed to be lifted up, church, it's today. And the only way that they can be lifted up is through this thing called humility. Remember, 2 Chronicles 7.14 said, If my people... Who are called by my name, it starts with one key, would humble themselves. I can leave out the rest of prayer. I can leave out, I'm not saying you'll leave out prayer, but but if I go no further, God's first requirement to healing the land was humility. God's first requirement for us to experience healing and hope and restoration and recovery was humility. Uh, Certainly prayer was the second thing, but listen, you can't pray right without humility. You can't touch God through prayer without humility. That's why he said, if my people who are called by my name would simply humble themselves, then I would lift them up. They're crying all the time about their situations. They're crying all the time about their circumstances. They're crying all the time about their bondage, and they're crying all the time about their their slavery, and they're crying and they're calling out to Me. But if My people who are called by My name would just humble themselves, He says, if they would just make themselves a little bit lower, if they would abase themselves like Jesus abased Himself, if they would just humble themselves, He was saying... If he would empty themselves, then I would hear from heaven, and I will heal their land. What he was saying was that if they would decrease, then I would increase. And please understand me, uh, the reason that God is not increasing in our school system... The reason that God is not increasing in our society, the reason that God is not increasing in our land and in our government and in Washington isn't because He's powerless, church. It's not because He doesn't have the strength and the ability. It's simply because we're not decreasing as a people. It's the only reason that God's not increasing in our land is because we're not making room for Him. You see, the day Jesus was born, there was no room for Him, and there's still no room for Him today. Jesus came in humility. Jesus came without the pup and the circumstances, and I don't know how many doors were knocked upon for someone to make room for Him, and they all said there's no room, and we're doing the same thing today, and we wonder why we're in a mess. We wonder why our households are in a mess. We wonder why our finances are in a mess. We wonder why our families and our sons and our daughters and our economy, we wonder why it's all in a mess and it's upside down. Why? Because we have not decreased. You see, the reality is in the world that we live in, or at least in America, me, myself, and I gets bigger every single day. Me, myself, and I gets magnified more every single day, and it makes less and less room for God. Pride wants to even take God off of our money in, 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 so where it's no longer in God that we trust. Been taken out of our schools, taken out of court systems, can't have the Ten Commandments here, can't pray in public places, can't do any of that. And we wonder why we're in a mess. Listen, if we want God to heal our land, we've got to decrease. And the only way we can decrease is through this spirit of humility. Please understand that healing in any form, physical healing... Spiritual healing, to be healed uh, for, for uh, economic healing, for social healing of the land, it all requires humility, church. This is exactly what God was speaking when He said, if my people would just humble themselves, I would bring healing to their land. It starts with humility. If there's things in your life that are not healthy... Whether it's your body, your mind, your spirit, your finances, your marriage, your family, your situation, the first thing you have to look for is pride. The first thing you have to look for is 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 this ugly spirit called pride because pride has the power to keep you in perpetual ruin like we've learned. It has the power to just fill your life so full that there's no room for God to operate and move and we have to examine that church. It's what it's it's why we I-, I titled this thing called pride versus humility because there's a war waging between both of those spirits every single day in our life, between good and evil, between darkness and light, between Satan and uh, I mean Christ and-, and Lucifer. It's a battle that's waging. And we can't be ignorant. The Bible says of the devil's device's church. The reality is we're in a mess because of pride. Listen, It was pride that took the prodigal son to the middle of a pig pen. Wherever you find a mess, you will find pride right in the center of it. So anytime you find yourself in a miserable mess, you better look for this wicked thing called pride and deal with it. Because pride brings us to the middle of a mess. We can't afford for that to happen. Listen, I believe that the greatest virtue that Jesus Christ had was the virtue of humility. I know a lot of us believe that the greatest virtue is love. And I know that that, that God is love and all of those things. But I believe the greatest virtue of them all is humility. And I, I believe I can say that because love was delivered through the vessel of humility. Love was produced through the spirit of humility. I want you to understand that love was birthed. Through the spirit of humility. Love lived its life in a spirit of humility, in a vessel of humility. And it died on the cross in a vessel of humility. I want you to understand, I said it before, I'll say it again. Jesus was the perfect example, the perfect vessel, the perfect picture, the perfect painting of humility. And every other characteristic that He had was held in this vessel of humility. There was never an ounce of pride in Jesus Christ. Never once did He reflect Himself. He always reflected the Father. And you and I have to be the same exact way. For you and I, please understand me, for you and I to be a vessel of honor, for you and I to be profitable to the Master, for you and I to be fit and ready for every good work, we must be a vessel of humility. God will not pour His power into a vessel of pride. God will not pour His blessings into a vessel of pride. God will not pour any of His other characters and virtues and characteristics into any other vessel other than the vessel of humility. We have to understand if we want to contain and obtain all of the goodness of God and all of the blessings of heaven, they're delivered to one kind of person, the humble. I've given my message this title of Pride versus humility because of Galatians 5.17 that tells us the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature wants. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. You see, the reality is, like I said, pride and humility are in constant conflict one with another every single day in your life. Every single day that you and I wake up, pride and humility go to battle. Every single day that you rise up, every thought you think, every deed you do, every word you speak, every action you perform, everything... Pride wants to control it, and humility wants to control it. They are waging war one with another. One is waging war for the kingdom of darkness, and one is waging war for the kingdom of light. One is one is backed by Lucifer, and one is backed by Jesus Christ. We have to understand. I've given us this title so we understand that there is a war that is waging every single day in our life. And the reality is, church, the one that we respond to, the one that we give ear to, the one that we lend ourselves to is the one that's going to have victory in our life. The one that I feed the most is the one that always wins. And the reality is, if you feed pride, pride is going to win. If you feed humility, humility is going to win. If you feed your spirit, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord is going to win out. Every single day, like I said, these two spirits are in opposition to one another. And it's exactly why the Word of God says God opposes the proud to give you a better understanding of the spirit of lucifer and pride i want to look at ezekiel 28 verses 11 to 19 the first 11 verses or the first 10 verses are written specifically about the king of tyre it's an actual physical king who many believe actually was motivated and might have even been possessed by the devil himself but i want you to understand every verse from 1 to 11 is a direct commentary to lucifer himself especially when you look at verses 11 and 19 that say this. God speaks and says, You, speaking of Lucifer, were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, ruby, topaz, and emerald, chrysolite, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and beryl. Your settings and mountings were made of gold, and on the day you were created they were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for I ordained you so. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day that you were created till wickedness was found in you. Your heart became proud, the Bible says, on account of your own beauty. And you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you down to earth and made you a spectacle before kings. Again, that is the power of pride. And when you read this passage, you once again discover that pride is what corrupted creation. Pride is what polluted church perfection in the universe. I I want you to understand that. Pride is what brought endless ruin into our lives. And it will continue to do that today until we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. You see, the sad reality is Lucifer opened up the door to pride and it brought devastation into all of our lives. And it's why today that same spirit of pride is in operation and will continue to bring destruction into our lives until we learn to humble ourselves in the sight of God so that He can lift us up, church. Here's what I want you to understand about this passage. God's creation was perfect. Order and harmony filled the universe. Beauty and peace and wisdom and love flowed from the Father to all of His creation. Every living creature, including the angels, please don't forget, angels were created just like you and me. They were, they, they, were, they were spoken into existence just like you and me. Angels aren't God. They're nothing like God. I want you to understand that angels are a created being. And they were spoken into existence just like you and me. But here's what you want. Every living creature, including the angels, they were living in perfection. They were living in happiness until pride reared its ugly head. They were living in perfection and happiness until Lucifer began to contemplate his own strength and his own power and his own prestige and his own beauty, the Bible says. Perfection ruled until Lucifer began to glory in his own beauty, church. Until he looked in the mirror, you might say, and worshipped what he saw instead of the one who created him. That is the very essence of pride. This is where pride was birthed. It was birthed right here in this passage of Scripture. When Lucifer looked in the mirror and he was corrupted by what he saw. Lucifer looked in the mirror and he was blinded by his own beauty, the Bible says, and when he was blinded by his own beauty, when he was blinded by his own brilliance and his own splendor and his own magnificence, when he caught a glimpse of his own magnificence, he began to worship the creation instead of the creator. When he looked in the mirror and he saw how bright he was and how beautiful he was and how elegant he was, he lost sight of God. And I want you to understand that pride and corruption crept right in. You and I need to clearly understand that beauty has the power to corrupt us. I want you to understand that magnificence has the power to corrupt us if it takes our eyes off of God. Is This is exactly what happened. I don't know how many of you have ever read this passage of Scripture, but I'm, I'm telling you what happened in the spiritual world. And if it happened then and happened to an angel, don't tell me it can't happen today and it can't happen to you and me. Don't tell me that you and I can't look in the mirror And be mesmerized by what we see. Don't tell me that we can't look at our achievement and all the accolades that we receive. Don't tell me we can't look at the material gain that we've acquired unto ourselves. Or look at our bank account. Or look at how good we are and good we've become. And not be mesmerized by what we see. Don't tell me that the things of this world can't take our eyes off of God. Don't tell me the things of this world can't corrupt us and pollute us. It happened in heaven and it'll happen here, church. And it happens every day. We've got to be careful what we think when we look in the mirror. We've got to be careful and cautious what we think about ourselves when we look at what we've become. Because we've only become who we are because of God. And not of ourselves. But Lucifer, it's what happened. He got up one day. Put on his clothes and walked up to the mirror. And was mesmerized by what he saw. He was distracted by his own brilliance. Please understand that. It, it says he was corrupted by his own splendor. His wisdom was corrupted By his own splendor. And when you look at the Greek and the Hebrew, it talks, the word splendor means brilliance and brightness. It means magnificence. Yes, He was a magnificent creation. Yes, He was a magnificent creature. Yes, He was called the morning star. Yes, He was called the angel of light. But it went to His head. And that's why He said, I think I can be better than every one of these stars. I think I can be better than every one of these angels. And I will exalt myself to this place of honor. And I will be like the Most High God. It's what pride does. It puts itself like He did where He didn't belong. Please understand the power of pride, church, and what it can do to our lives. I know in America we hate to think that. But we're spoiled by material things in America, church. And we don't understand the danger of those things. Please understand me, when Paul said, be not like this world, he was talking to America too. When he said, don't be conformed to this world or like this world, he was talking to you and me. Why do you think the Bible reminds us so often that we are just passing through? Why do you think the Bible says this isn't your home? You got a home up in heaven. This isn't, this isn't your resting place. This is, this is just a a temporary place that you are passing through. You've got a father in heaven. You got a home in heaven. But the problem is we've become so enamored by, by the, the things of this world. Our hearts have grown so attached to the things of this world that we've pitched our tents here. We've made a life here. We've attached our hearts here to the things of this world. And please understand me, anything that's attached to this world will burn up with this world when God comes and casts judgment. Why do you think Lot's wife burned up and turned into a pillar of salt? She might, she might have left the city, but she, she didn't take her heart from the city. Her heart was still attached to that city. Her her longings and her desires, everything about her was still attached to that city. It's why she looked back. And when the city burned up, so did she. Because pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a great fall. We cannot afford to forget that church. Listen, His wisdom, the Bible says, was corrupted by His splendor. And when we look at our own magnificence, like he does, and begin to believe that we can ascend to places we've not been invited to, destruction is sure to follow it. It happened to him, and it'll happen to us. Listen, Lucifer was so corrupted by his own appearance, by his own beauty, by his own position, you might say, or prestige, that he actually believed that as a created being, he could rule the universe just as good as God. That's what he believed. He believed, He said, I will be like the Most High. He believed that as a created being, he could run the whole universe all by himself, just like God. He believed that if God didn't exist, wouldn't matter. That the universe wouldn't miss God. This is what he was saying. Universe wouldn't miss God because I'm here. Universe wouldn't miss you, Lord, because I'm all that. And a bag of chips. I can do it all, God. Just leave me in charge. Listen, that's what pride says. Pride thinks it can run its own universe. Pride thinks it can run the world without God's help, without God's aid, without God's wisdom, without God's strength, without God's anointing, without God's covering, without God's presence. Pride thinks it can run the world all by itself. Listen, Hitler thought he could run the world all by himself because of a spirit of pride. Mussolini thought he could conquer the world and run the world because of this thing called pride. You understand that, church? So many individuals all throughout history thought that they could run the world all because of this thing called pride. Little midget man called Napoleon thought he could run the world because of this thing called pride. Didn't need any help. Do it all on my own. And listen, the sad reality is, so often, we are just the same. So often, God, I can handle this all on my own. As little as my universe is, please understand, however big you think your universe is, it fits in God's thimble. As big as your world and your responsibility is, it fits in God's little thimble. I want you to understand that that's the way we live sometimes. We think we can run our world without God. We think we can run our universe without God. I can run my business without God. I can run my marriage without God. I can raise up my children without God. I can do all of these things without God. I can I can experience success in my life without God. Because I am so glorious. Because I am so magnificent. Because I am so splendid. Because I have been corrupted. My wisdom has been corrupted by Pride. His wisdom. Please understand his thoughts. Wisdom is your thoughts. Wisdom are the is the, the priorities and the principles you live by. Now understand what wisdom is. His whole thought process went to pots because of pride. He couldn't think straight because of pride. He couldn't make right decisions because of pride. Neither can you and neither can I. When pride rules in your life, every decision you make takes you closer to destruction. When you are living in pride, every thought that you think leads you farther into destruction. Please understand what I'm saying. It's the power of pride in our life. And and we think, oh, Lucifer, that's the devil. He deserves hell. He messed it all up. And guess what? So often we're walking in his same footsteps. So often, church, please understand, there's such a vast difference, like I said, in the footsteps of Jesus and the footsteps of Lucifer. You see, the footsteps of Jesus, every single step that he took, he said, not my will, but thine be done. Not my will, but thine be done. All the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but thine be done. When they were hurling accusations upon him, when he stood before rulers, when, when he was accused of this, when he was beaten, when he was ridiculed, when they were or plucking the beard from his face. Not my will, but thine be done. When he was taken to Golgoth this hill, when he had to carry the cross in shame, not my will, but thine be done. Please understand, the footsteps of Jesus are, are, are so different than the footsteps of pride. The footsteps of humility are, are taking you in a completely different direction than the footsteps of pride. You see, the reality is when pride looks in the mirror, it sees three people, me, myself, and I. When pride looks in the mirror, that's all it sees. It doesn't see God. It doesn't see the Father, doesn't see the Son, and doesn't see the Holy Spirit. Please understand, me, myself, and I are the complete opposite of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the reality is, when you look in the mirror and I look in the mirror, the, 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 the only three people, only three spirits we should see are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When we look at ourselves in the mirror, that's all we should see. We should see the work of the Father. We should see the sacrifice of the Son. And we should see the presence and the character of the Holy Spirit in our life. We should look at ourselves and be thankful for what God has made. We should look in the mirror and be grateful for what the Lord has done. We should look in the mirror and say, look what the Lord has done. He touched my body. He healed my mind. He saved me. It was just in time. That's what we should see when we look in the mirror. But when the proud man looks in the mirror, guess what he sees? He sees me, myself, and I. He sees all of his accomplishments. He sees all of his, his earnings. He sees all of his wealth. He sees all of his brilliance. All of his, He sees all the wrong things. And they get his eyes off of God. Get their eyes off of God. Listen, I'm not telling you that in this world we can't have nice things. But I am telling you if they get your eyes off of God... If those things become the glory of your life, you better get rid of them. Or you better humble yourself in the sight of the Lord before you end up in Apollyon, which is this place of continual ruin. I don't want to find myself in the place of Apollomai. I don't want to find myself in the place of Abaddon, which is a place of continual ruin and the pit of hell. I don't want to find myself there, church. And the only way that I can avoid that is to put on... Put on the spirit of humility and the clothes of Jesus Christ. I'm not saying, like I said, that we can't have nice things. I'm saying if they stand in the way, if they get in the way, if they cloud the character of Jesus Christ, we must put them aside, church. You see, the truth is, pride forgets Psalm 139, 13 to 16, and the words of David that said, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. And all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to pass. You see, what you need to understand is that pride forgets all of that. Pride forgets that it was made by God. Pride forgets. See, here, notice what David said. Notice David's focus in this whole passage. He attributes all of the glory to God. He said, and, and look how different it was from the words of Lucifer that said, I, I told you a few a couple of weeks ago, I will do this and I will do that and I will do this, and all the glory went to him. David says here, for you created my innermost being. He says, you, God, knit me together. He says, I will praise you and not myself, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made by you. He said, your works are wonderful. He was reminding himself in this passage of Scripture that he was nothing more than the creation. He was reminding himself that he was nothing more than a product of God's amazing grace. He was reminding himself that he was not worthy of anything, but he was reminding himself that there, and, and reminding the reader that there is a potter and there is a piece of clay. And, and, and David was reminding himself, David, you're nothing more than a piece of clay. That everything you have become is all because of the potter. That... that Please see this. I praise you because I am fearfully, wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know them quite well. My frame was hidden from you when I was made in complete darkness. Pride forgets that it was made. Pride forgets that it is a product of the potter. Pride forgets that it was put together by the hands of God. Pride forgets that all of its brilliance and all of its magnificence and all of its brightness pride forgets that everything good about it is only because of the potter and not because of the piece of clay but lucifer forgot that we've learned that before the proud forget that our days are ordered by god before a single breath was even breathed that's what the humble remember church pride forgets that they were made and have nothing to do with their own brilliance or their own beauty or their own making church Pride says, like I said a minute ago, I can manage my world. I can manage my life and my marriage. I can manage my money and all of my days better than the one that created me because pride forgets that it was created. This is what we have to remember. Pride cru- or corrupted Lucifer's wisdom. It corrupted his thoughts, corrupted his mind, like I said, corrupted his decision making process, his principles, and his priorities, and his wisdom. And as we all know, the beginning of wisdom is what? The fear of the Lord. You see, what happened when pride came into Lucifer's life, he lost all reverence and awe and fear of God. That's the power of pride. When you don't see God and you, and you don't, when you begin to glory in yourself instead of in God, please understand me, you lose all reverence for God. You lose all fear for God. You, lose, uh, you, you don't worship God like you're supposed to worship God. Don't praise God like you're supposed to worship God. Don't serve God like you're supposed to worship God. Don't do for God like you're supposed to do for God. Pride, pride doesn't do those things because it loses sight of God. And when we lose sight of God, church, we lose reverence and we lose awe. Unfortunately, like I said, this world, to me, in the world that we live in, beauty translates to power. In this society that we live in, there is such an emphasis placed on physical beauty in this world that we live in and the society that we live in. Watch TV, pick up a magazine, go to movies, uh, listen to what this world speaks to our young teenage girls. Listen to the things and watch the things, the way beauty is put in a place where it shouldn't be put in. You see, the way that beauty is recognized today, all of the glory goes to the creation and not to the Creator. But here's what I'm leading to that because I want you to understand. The world, in this world, beauty translates to power and influence and prestige and popularity. It it translates to wealth and fame and all sorts of other fortunes. There's been studies done where you'll take what we might consider in, in, in our flesh... To be a handsome man and, and, a, and a, just a plain guy or a, or a beautiful woman or a plain Jane. And you send them into an office to apply for the same job with the same skills. And guess who gets the job? It's the tall, dark, and handsome guy. And it's the voluptuous woman. Because beauty has the power to corrupt. I want you to understand, beauty has the power to, to corrupt our wisdom. And our decision making process, it, 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 it has the power uh, to cause us to make wrong decisions. I, let me just continue because I, I don't want to just get off track here and you not understand what I'm saying. But that's the problem with pride it corrupts us. Humility, on the other hand, leans not on its own understanding, it leans not on the, the work of flesh, it, it trusts not in its own beauty, not in its own brilliance, not in its own uh, brightness. We're magnificence. It leans solely on God. It trusts solely on God. It hopes solely on God. It depends solely on God. It's the difference between humility and the difference between pride. Pride is mesmerized, like I said, by its own appearance and loses sight of God. But humility looks at itself and praises God for how fearfully and wonderfully it is made. So I said it before. I'll say it again. Be careful what you think when you look in the mirror. Because pride has the power to corrupt us. And I want to touch on this too. Please understand there's two dangers when we look in the mirror. And I'm not just talking about this physical mirror that you just look at your physical beauty. I'm talking about a financial mirror. I'm talking about your, your mirror of success. I'm talking about your spiritual mirror. I'm talking about the mirror into your uh, anything, any area of your life. I, I'm referring to a mirror that, that allows you to catch a glimpse of any area of your life. But there's two dangers when we look into these kinds of mirrors, and both of them are built on pride. The first obvious danger, like I just taught, is to glory in your own splendor, just as Lucifer did. Lucifer gloried in his own splendor and he took that glory and he took that magnificence to a level that didn't belong and said, I'm going to exalt myself because of my beauty and because of my elegance and because of my splendor and destruction gained upon him because of it. But the second is just as dangerous and that is this church. It's just as dangerous to look into the mirror and question what God has created. It's just as dangerous to look in the mirror and think God made a mistake when he made me. It's just as dangerous to look in the mirror and belittle what God has created. It's just as dangerous to look in the mirror and and question what the potter has made with that piece of clay. I want you to understand that pride has the power to corrupt us in this sense at all. And it's doing it with the female uh, uh, demographic of society, especially with our young girls today. Pride has the power to cause a young teenage girl to look in the mirror and hate what she sees. Pride has the power to cause a teenage girl to look in the mirror and question what God has made. It has the power to cause uh, an entire generation to look at themselves and say, I'm not important, say I'm not beautiful, say I'm not special, say I'm not, I'm not worth anything and I've got no value. The power, that is the power of pride as well to question what God has made. It's what the devil does. He got Adam and Eve to question themselves in the Garden of Eden, and it was the same spirit of pride. You're not good enough like you are. You've got to eat of this apple so you can become like God. Please understand, there's two sides to that coin of pride. One exalts itself and says, I'm all this. But the other side of that same coin looks at itself and says, I'm not worth anything. It says, I'm a piece of junk. It says, I'm ugly. It says, I'm not valuable. It says, uh, I should be more. I could have been more. God made a mistake. Please understand that, church. Pride operates on both of those platforms, church. Pride says, I'm not splendid enough. Pride says, I'm not magnificent enough. Pride says, I'm not glorious enough. I'm not brilliant enough. And it says today, I'm not beautiful enough. Please understand it is the same spirit of pride that operates through every one of those magazines that we find at the checkout counter at the supermarket cosmopolitan and glamour and GQ and all of these, uh, it is is—it is, it is published by the spirit of pride that causes us to look at that and say, I'm not good enough. It causes us to look at that and lose sight of God and lose sight of what He has done in our life and, and cause us to question God. It, we read those types of things and, and and open ourselves up to those types of things and forget that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. You understand the power of pride that I'm talking about, church? It's at every turn, it's at every corner, and it will attack you, and it'll attack your kids, and it'll attack me every single day of our life, church. The problem with pride, as I begin to wind this down, is that its temptations are constantly bombarding us in life. I said it's around every corner. Movies, television, magazines, radio, the Internet are constant sources of temptations to pride. People in our society are assessed. You know this, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying anything's wrong with this, but I want you to understand that pride operates through all of it. They're assessed throughout their lives based on grades, based on awards, based on accolades. They're assessed throughout their life based on athletic achievements and championships won, on contests of strength and contests of beauty. They're evaluated at work. They're assessed by their peers. They, they base their, their 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 magnificence on promotions and tenures and, and the perks of power that surround us and tempt us to pride. The corner office, the company car, the bonuses, the clubhouse. You understand what I'm saying? The golden balloon at the end of my, my work years. They're, they're all tempting us toward this thing called pride. Again, like I said, it's not wrong to have nice things, but if they get your eyes off of God, there's something wrong with them, church, and they're built on the spirit of pride. Please understand that. If the things of this earth cause us to glory in their splendor instead of glorying in the Creator, there's something wrong and we have to deal with it. But I say all that so we understand that there's a battle waging every day between pride and humility. Pride is focused on the temporal. Humility is focused on the eternal. Pride is focused only on today. But humility always, always, always looks to tomorrow. Pride says to itself, how can I please myself today? How can I get ahead today? How can I be better than everybody else today? How can I strike it rich today? Why do you think our, our society is so filled with this instant gratification thing? It's all because of pride. Everything is instant because of pride, because I need it today, because that's what pride does. It can't look past the end of its nose. Pride doesn't look past the one night stand. Pride doesn't look past the, the, the bottle of booze. It doesn't look past today. It doesn't look past the the, the drugs. And it doesn't look past the alcohol. It doesn't look past uh, having sex out of wedlock. It it doesn't look at the consequences of any of its behaviors or any of its decisions. It only focuses on me, myself, and I right now. It doesn't care who it hurts in the process. It doesn't care what pain is produced along the way. Because pride focuses only on today. While humility, just like Jesus Christ... Always looks to tomorrow. Always looks to eternity. What does the Bible say? Tells us that we're supposed to be like Jesus. Who for the hope or the joy set before him endured the cross, the Bible says. Every single day of Jesus' life, from the time that he came down from heaven, he was always looking to eternity, always looking to the Father, always looking to tomorrow. He never made a choice based on today, right now. He was always looking to eternity. Here's what I want you to understand. If you're this if you're an impulsive person, today, today, now, 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 and patience about everything, you're dealing with pride. And you've got to crucify it. You see, if you never concern yourself about what God thinks, about what you do or what you say, if you never think about how it's going to hurt mom and dad, if you never think about how it's going to affect my wife or my spouse or my children, if you never, never think beyond the moment church, if you don't think beyond the one night stand, if you don't think beyond this, this, this second uh, momentary pleasure, you're being motivated by the spirit of pride and not the spirit of Humility. I want you to understand the difference. God does not call us to be proud. He calls us to be humble. And here's what I'm ending with The only way you will ever have your heart set towards eternity is through a humble spirit. The only way that you will ever keep your eyes fixed on Him, the author and the finisher of your faith, is only through a spirit of humility. It's what the Bible says. Pride looks at itself and fails to see God. Humility keeps its eyes, keeps its eyes, the Bible says, fixed on Jesus, the author, the one who scripted my days, the one who wove me together in complete darkness, the one who made me fearfully and wonderfully. Please, I hope you're understanding what humility does. It keeps its eyes fixed on Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Whom for the joy set before him. Because he looked to tomorrow. Because he looked to the Father. Endured even the cross. This is the challenge that we have today. My question is when we look in the mirror. It's not my question. The Holy Spirit would ask all of us. When you look in the mirror of life. Who do you see? What do you see? When you look in the mirror of life. Do you see pride? Pride. Where do you see humility? And I'm going to be honest with you, church. As I went through this study over the last few weeks, my heart cringed at how many times I saw pride in my own life. How many, how many times I, I, I identified certain areas of my life and said, that is absolute pride. I never saw it. But there it was, plain as day. I be, as I went through, this has been four weeks, I think now. And every single week that I've gone through this, I identified something about my life that looked more like Lucifer than it looked like Jesus Christ. And I had to say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. Because wherever there is pride, there's no room for God. So here's what I want to pray with. If you want to make room for God tonight, through a spirit of humility, I just want you to stand to your feet. What you're saying is you stand up, God. I want to make room for you and you alone. If you, I want you to just take a moment, even if it's just while he's playing, to just examine yourself and begin to identify some of these areas where you, That's pride. That's pride. That's pride. All the things that the Holy Spirit has taught me, there's some pride in my life and I've got to get it out. I've got to deal with it so that the spirit of humility can come in. And so that we can experience the blessings God has. Amen. So just offer yourself to God and let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this evening. I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit, God, to bring revelation into our lives. And I pray that just in these few moments, God, that we would be like David, who said, search me, O God. Know my heart, know my thoughts, know my anxious ways. He was saying, search me through and through. See if there be any wicked way within me, any prideful way within me. Then he said, cleanse me of every sin. Forgive me and cleanse me from every sin. And that, I pray, is our prayer tonight, God, that we would open ourselves up just in these few moments so that you would be able to identify the things in us that are not like your son, Jesus Christ. That you would show us, Father God, in the mirror of life, the mirror of your word, What is more like Lucifer and more like this world than it is like your son, Jesus Christ? We're the the reflection of your kingdom. God, I know that we are living in a society where we are surrounded by temptations to pride. God, I know that we're living in a society where we are tempted to glory in our own magnificence. To glory in our own beauty. To have our wisdom corrupted by our own splendor, God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would rebuke those foul spirits. God, that you would come against this spirit of pride whose only goal is to see us cast down to a place of perpetual ruin in our life. It's why the devil comes against us. It's to see us destroyed. To bring us down like he was brought down so that he won't go to his final resting place all alone, so that he can bring along with him as many as he can, God, to a spirit of pride. Help us to identify it. Help us to be humble people, I pray, who humble themselves in your sight so that you might lift us up. I know that this is so contrary, God. It's such a contrary teaching to the ways of this world. But, God, if we want to be lifted up, If we want to experience your fullness, if we want to experience perpetual blessings in our life and the goodness of God in our life, we must humble ourselves. So tonight, God, we crucify pride. We hang it upon the cross. We humble ourselves, like the Bible says, so that you might lift us up. I pray, God, that this would be a week of lifting up. I pray that this would be a week, God, where you lift up marriages and you lift up hearts. That you lift up finances, Father God, and lift up families. Where you lift up businesses, God. That you would lift us above the, the trials and the tribulations of this world, God. That you would lift us up above the heartache and the, and the sorrow, Father God, and the difficulties of life. Lift us up above the temptations that come against us every single day, God. Lift us up, Father, as we humble ourselves before you tonight. Father God, every time we look in the mirror, let us always see you. Let us see the Father, let us see the Son, and let us see the Holy Spirit. Let us decrease so that you might increase. And I pray, Father God, that every word that is spoken by you tonight, God, by your Holy Spirit, would find a resting place in the soil of our soul. That it might bear fruit and fruit that would last. God, if there was any word spoken in the flesh, I pray that they would just dissipate, God. If there's anything of my own speaking that wasn't part of your will. Take it away, God, that, that, so that the only thing that remains is gold and silver. Father God, things of precious value, things, Father, that we can build our life upon. We give you the praise and we give you the glory. And all of God's people again are careful to say, Amen. Amen. Can we just bless the Lord for His faithfulness tonight, church? Amen. If you have a special need, I'd be happy to tarry with you. I believe I'm going to go into the Beatitudes starting next week. But walk in humility so that God might lift you up. Amen. God bless you.